Hey, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to chat about all of this. And thank you so much for doing this big, heavy topic with me and with the whole world that could possibly hear you. It means so much to me. And I know it will mean a lot to other people too. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely an honor to have you reach out. I know that this is a little bit of a tough topic for some people. And I just feel like um, the stuff that I've been through, I feel like if I can help one person and give a little clarity on on the subject, it really would mean a lot to me. So thank you for asking. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think just clarity alone, people in this situation, that word, it's so easy for us to like, so casually say that. But when you kind of look back at a situation, you're like, wow, what I would have given for clarity and answers. And so having something like this, that maybe is like, okay, here's these five bullet points of clarity, these five, you know, things of hope or just an inside look and Hey, I'm right there with you. Um, can, can really be helpful for a lot of people. So I just want to share with the world (laughs) this important part, because uh, when you and I chatted about all of this and, you know, throughout all the years, we chatted through Facebook. So I want to share that. I want to bring light to it and know there is definitely no partnering and, you know, no one's paying me for anything, Um, but it, it has purpose if that's what you're going into it for. It, ha- it has purpose and it can have, um, you know, this, this gift of comfort and connection if you use it like that. And so I want to share that because of vulnerability on my end and then vulnerability on your end in this conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that a lot of people feel like Facebook is kind of a fake place where people just put their highlight reels and just want to talk about the good stuff. But I think that through some of my ups and downs, I've found that sharing some of those tough things, and you may be not going into any gory details, but just letting people know that you're human and you you are struggling sometimes. Um, it's been a blessing to me and built some relationships um, based on that and just based on being vulnerable and open and um, then getting that same thing in return from other people. And so I really do. I appreciate the the platform that Facebook has had and um, the way it's grown some relationships in my life. Yeah. And one of the things that you brought to my attention was, you know, you had said sometimes it just brings comfort in that phase of life where there's no actual social life. I mean, um, you know, you have a handful of kids, you got a little tribe over there. I, I have a couple and we know as mothers that there is a time in life that not going out and having girls nights and feeling wonderful in your skin. And sometimes it's just this place of, oh my gosh, like Leisha is postpartum too and doesn't want to wear these frumpy pants anymore either. Like, oh, she gets it. And, you know, so it can start with these light feelings like that, or this little comfort or an outlet or a funny place of memes, um, to authenticity brings connection and it brings comfort and it brings realness of, you know, not feeling judged and not feeling alone. So jumping right into this and again, just thank you for being up for this and willing to do this. Um, 
can you, can you pinpoint where the start of your husband not doing well and his mental health began? Okay. Well, so me and Adam have been together for 11 years now. So when, when we were dating, I could tell sometimes that there were things that were a little bit off. Like sometimes he would get like angry, like where it seemed a little overboard, like his emotions seemed to kind of be all over the place occasionally, but I I wasn't really able to like pinpoint what that was. But in um, 2007, after we'd been dating for about three and a half years, he had what we found out after the fact was his first manic um, that episode that ended up also having some symptoms of psychosis. And he ended up in a mental hospital for three weeks. At that point, we had actually been um, separated. We'd, we had broken up after three and a half years and we hadn't spoken two months when um, he ended up in the mental hospital. So mm-hmm. at that point, I went and visited him and mm-hmm. he had lost a good, I don't know, probably 30, 40 pounds in just a couple months. And um, I got to slowly hear just some of the stuff that had been going on when I would go visit. Um, he was really a shell of himself. And it was he had lost a business that he was running with one of his best friends at the time. And um, it was just things started making sense after we, we got the diagnosis yeah. and we started realizing um, the extent of what he was dealing with. On one hand, it was scary, but on the other hand, it also felt like now we have answers. Now we now we understand why these things were happening and why he was having such a hard time um, before. And um, it, it was a huge curveball, but at the same time, it gave me a lot of hope thinking, okay, we have a diagnosis. I can work with this. Like, this is something all he has yeah. to do, all he has to do, right? And so as long right. as he just takes that, his that medicine, <laughs> then everything's going to be a little bit of hope. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It, that's what it seemed like at the time that um, we know what mm-hmm. we're dealing with now so we can handle it. And, you know, people don't really share about that, you know, that because they're like, it's going to be quick. You know, we, we can get a hold on it. We can take care of it. And so, you know, families don't share about that and, and people don't share about that. And, you know, it's this shame of it's just us, you know, no one's really going to understand. But, um, you know, what did you bring to my attention that it's what did you say? It's one and in, in how many? Well, well, there's actually so one in five adults deal with some sort of um, mental illness. And, and that can be anything from um, mild right. anxiety and depression all the way through, I mean, multiple personality disorder and things like that. But I mean, one in five adults does suffer yeah. with some sort of mental illness, which is huge. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, going do you from... Think that it's... Sorry, go ahead. So you were just breaking up a little bit. Oh, so I was just going to say, so, you know, they don't share and it's that shame, you know, attached to it. But do you also think that if people shared more about this, it would bring more awareness and, you know, less shame and hope to it? Or do you think that they're just constantly covered in the idea that if I share about it, there's just more judgmental, you know, people? I think that is... I mean, 
that's a hard question to answer because it really can go either way. Um, I've been Mm -hmm. in situations where I've felt the need to share and it has been a really positive thing. And I think that, I mean, ultimately I would love to see people not have to be ashamed of things that they can't control because something like um, bipolar disorder or any, any mental health thing, you can do things to make it better. But most of the times, Mm. these are things that you um, were born with or they progress as you get older and they're hereditary most of the time. And just like you wouldn't want anybody to be ashamed or embarrassed or unable to share about their cancer diagnosis or their, Mm. I mean, rare disease. I mean, like your poor sweet daughter deals with. I mean, you you don't nobody should have to be ashamed of something that they really can't even control. So I I really would love to see the stigma of that go away, the fear of employers finding out, the fear um, of just, that's a horrible way to have to live, to be afraid that people are going to find something out about you that could completely change um, their whole opinion of you. So yeah, the opportunities in your life, people's opinions, and really covering it as a life sentence versus, you know, getting a hold of it and accepting yeah. And I think it definitely makes it worse when people feel like they can't share and they're holding these kind of things. in. um, they, I mean, having people around you that know these types of things about you and then they support you and they walk with you wow. through it. Um, that's such an uplifting and, um, just heartwarming thing that those are the type of relationships and friendships that really are lifetime friendships and relationships when people will come around you and support you and um those aren't always easy to find I mean yeah mental health is a scary topic for a lot of people and I completely understand that but that's why there needs to be more out there people need to understand this kind of stuff better yeah absolutely and it's those relationships don't they get you know, all this new depth to it. And they do get closer because it's like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. I really need you. Okay, let's do this. And I'll be here for you. What do you need? Instead of like you said, just hiding out and feeling more shame and getting more low in, in that, that trigger and in that pain that you're currently in. Yeah. I mean, to feel like you can't be completely open. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There's a song that says to be truly um, known and loved by you like to have I love it's that such song. a good song and it really it brings yes. tears to my eyes because I mean in that song they're they're talking more specifically about God and how God can knows us and yeah. and loves us exactly how we are but I mean when you're emulating God's love and you and someone is open with you and and shares their deepest most innermost secrets with you and you can yeah. accept them for exactly who they are and, and love them anyways. That is a really powerful relationship. Yeah. I mean, that's, that means everything. So it's, it's really the definition of true love. And that can, that could be, you know, a friendship between you and I, that could be you and your husband that could, you know, oh, if, yeah. if people are so quick to that title and it's like, no, it's the definition of, you know, true loyal love and being, being there for each other. 
and that new depth that, you know, after 11 years married, after all of these things that you've gone through, you kind of, I'm sure, look back 11 years ago, like, wow, we knew nothing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> completely. I mean, we, I think we thought we knew everything, but, oh, yeah. but we didn't. We really had, I mean, we just yeah. knew a very, very tiny little portion of what was what was ahead for us. But I mean, in some ways that was probably good. <laughs> I mean, because even though yeah. the hard stuff that you go right. through, I mean, <laughs> you may not have chose yeah. that, but. Yeah. And, and I just want to back up to, it was 2007, you said, right? When he first kind of got help. 2011 was, was the original diagnosis. Yeah. And, and you know, to be it's not like we're old, you know, so to think about how long ago that was and to think about him getting himself help, that is the definition of, you know, people being afraid of showing weakness, but that weakness reveals the love that he has for himself and for you and for your future family. Yeah. At that point, um, I had one child from a previous marriage and we'd been together Mm -hmm. for three and a half years. I think we both saw marriage and um, children in our future, but after what he went through in 2011, I think things were very up in the air. I knew I loved him. Yep. I knew I wanted to be there for him. Um, I did have the naive outlook of we, we got the diagnosis. So now yeah. things are going to be better. But at the same time, um, there was so much unknown. But I, as a young, naive mm-hmm. girl, I thought I'm going to support him no matter yeah. what. And we're going to get yeah. through this. And then yeah. within a year... I was pregnant with our little Logan and um, that was like I just saw a switch go off on him he was like all he cared about was making sure he was the absolute best he could be for me and Lawson and our little baby that we found out we were gonna have and it was like he just was the most amazing man I mean all he cared about was making sure he could get and because he had lost his company in 2011 when he went through that. So uh, all he cared about was making sure he could be the absolute best for, for us. Wow. And even though he wasn't completely better, he was still trying to crawl his way out of the, the hole that he'd found himself in after. Because like some people don't know, mm-hmm. after you go through a really horrible manic episode, um, there is an extreme amount of depression that you go through. You have to, um, you, you kind of wake up from from this odd reality that you've been in for a few months at that point. And he realized that, um, I mean, he, he had a lot of, um, explaining to do. He had a lot of apologies. I mean, you have to figure out your medications. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and on top of that, you're, you're trying to get your medications figured out and, and figure out what what the best medication combos are for you specifically, because bipolar disorder isn't a one fits all. I mean, there are different forms of bipolar disorder. There's bipolar one and there's bipolar two, which bipolar two is more linked to depression. It's more centered around depressive episodes with um, some occasional hypomanic episodes, which means they aren't as extreme. So somebody that's bipolar one and somebody that's bipolar two is going to have a very different life. Um, a lot of people don't understand that either. So different medication, different different dosages and, you know, amounts and things. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's totally different. So, Mm. so in my husband's case, he, 
he lives a very normal life for the most part. I mean, he's one of the smartest people I know. He, um, he's a people person. He can talk to anybody. He can, Mm. he's a salesman at heart (laughs) and, um, he, what he does, he does very well. I have so, I have so much respect for, for him. Um, he truly is brilliant, Mm. but when he deals with these, these manic episodes, which he didn't have another severe manic episode, so from the hospital in 2011 to Mm -hmm. this last episode that he had about a year and four months ago Mm. is when it started um we lived a pretty normal life I mean we had some ups and downs there was some struggling with um some addiction issues which is very normal for people that have a mental illness yeah um coping methods yeah coping trying to cope and yeah. You imagine hearing that you're supposed to be on a medication for the rest of your life and not even fully knowing if you believe it. I mean, a lot of people that are diagnosed with a mental illness live in a sort of denial because you yeah. don't want to think that's you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to think that like you need this or you won't be able to function appropriately. Yeah. I mean, so, the accepting process is always what they say is the hardest, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was very hard. He, he wanted to believe for a long time that it was a misdiagnosis. Um, and, and there was a part of me that, I mean, you don't want to think your loved one needs, I mean, these medications are very hard on your body. I mean, you're, you have to go in and get tested to make sure that your organs are functioning properly because the medications that you're on to keep you stable can kill you if they aren't at the right levels. I mean, it's, it's not an easy place to be. Yeah. So thank you for just sharing that right there. Like that awareness of it's not one size fits all and it's not pop some medication and, you know, get on with your nine to five and your wife. Yeah, no, it, it's not at all. And it's so much bigger than even just the medication. It's the balance of a healthy diet. It's um, sleep is huge. Like if, wow. if he doesn't get enough sleep, it can be very detrimental to his mental health. So it's yeah. really like we're all told we need this balance. Everybody needs yeah. to balance their, yeah. their food and their sleep and right. um, their me time and all that kind of stuff. But it's even more so for somebody that's struggling with, with mental health. So, yeah, and the, and um, the people around him, I mean, has to be a huge factor. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I think that um, we were a part of a church group for a, a significant period and at the time, I really felt like that was going to um, help keep him on the right track and help, like, if we had the right group of people around us that were supportive and loving, that that, that would be the answer. Or mm-hmm. if I could just control, if I just could make sure that he took his medicine every day and I could make sure there, there was such yeah. a control thing that I eventually had to let go of because yeah yeah, because that was very very difficult to feel like I was responsible for his well-being all the time I was gonna say I mean that is the utmost pressure of I can keep this in line I can take care of this I can fix it yeah yeah and your plate is constantly full and you're constantly being drained instead of filled up yeah and then it changes the whole dynamic in the relationship too, yeah, which course. when you start seeing yourself as more of the caretaker mm-hmm. instead of the wife, wow. which is really an unhealthy, 
situation that so many of us find ourselves in, in this situation. I'm part of a, a few support groups online and, um, just so many of these women, which if any of them are listening, I just want to say how much I respect and love and admire these women because they, they literally fight for their relationships and their, in their marriages. And some of them are their, their children or, um, and so it's like they, they, fight so hard to to live a normal life and to just keep um keep some normalcy and love and and try not to drown yeah well let's let's take a minute and Leisha please um, feel free to share the names of those groups and you know we want to give this moment to them and and praise to their strength um, because not every woman not every spouse not every mother sister friend um can do this and is willing to do that. So please feel free to share that. Yeah. One of the, one of the main groups is the, is called women supporting bipolar spouses. Mm. Um, I'd say that's probably the one I'm the most active on right now. Um, and then the other one is, is just more of a, it's, um, I'm trying to think of the exact name. It's like bipolar support. Yeah, don't for worry. Families. We, can totally, we can add it in uh, later even to describe. Yeah, yeah, stuff. definitely. And because I think that the the latter one that I'm forgetting the exact name of, that's a really good one when you need to get a lot of the inform just like the the basic information. When you yeah. get a diagnosis and yeah. you go, what does this even mean? Like yeah, what does absolutely. this mean for me? And and getting to know like kind of the science behind it and the chemistry in the brain. I mean, that yes. that was a really important um, site for me. Um, earlier on and then I feel like the the women supporting bipolar spouses is more um, emotional support you'll see a lot of venting (laughs) a lot of um, sometimes just silly stuff I mean memes and things like that to keep things lighthearted. yeah because um, it's a a lot of safe place it is yeah yeah and I think and I, and I feel like it's, it's safe to say or fair to say, and, and I think that you would agree with this, that, you know, you being married for 11 years, me being married for 13, that there are going to be times when we are kind of forced to step up as quote unquote caregiver. And then them, you know, for the same for us, like I'm not fully myself after I've just had a baby, you know, and there's those times of survival mode, but it's if it's a constant, if it's constantly your life, you're going to need some support. You know, you're going to need a safe place of, of some guidance and some care. Definitely. Yeah. And I think I found that a lot in these support groups. Um, And I know a lot of the women that I would meet on there would come out and say, I have never even said these words, spoken them out loud to anybody. I can't talk to my mother. I can't talk to my best friend, because so many people don't understand that when you're dealing with something like mental health, it's not just about, oh, they're being mean, or oh, they're, they're, they're not being a good man right now. It's so much deeper than that. And your loved ones want to, I mean, I luckily do have a very supportive family. I, my, my mom and dad are amazing. Um, And, and I do have friends I can reach out to, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't feel like they have anybody. Yeah. And I think you said something so important. And and I just, I think it's important for, you know, for your husband to hear this, for him to know it, for it to be that this is an informative conversation and, and um, awareness and something you said that was 
just so powerful to me is that people don't see the good, you know, they see the bad and they hear that they, they hear and they see the research or somebody venting about it, but they don't see the good. They don't see, you know, when he's picking up those pieces. Can you share some of those special moments with us? Definitely. Yeah. I feel like, um, through some of the most traumatic experiences that we've had, which would definitely include the the last manic episode that happened a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of rebuilding to do. Um, by the time his manic psychotic episode was over, we were um, in quite a bit of debt. We mm-hmm. were forced to sell our home. Um, he had lost his job that he had had and worked his way up and he was doing just magnificently there I was so proud of what Mm. he'd done and pretty much lost all of it and we had so much work to do at one point um, we didn't know if if we were going to be able to make it work I mean there were some very serious things that had happened but when I saw him again after a couple months of um, him being in a manic psychotic state he had to he was hospitalized again and when he Mm -hmm. got out um and I when I started seeing him again one thing I always promised was that I would never ever try to keep the kids away from him when he if he was healthy and well even if things happened and we didn't work out I knew the fear behind that with him there's a lot of trust that goes into a relationship like this because he knows that I I hold the power of um, the right. kids and, right. and their safety and all of that. And I also know he is like the best dad. I mean, he is, he is yeah. such a good dad. And I never in a million years would have wanted to um, ruin those relationships. So yeah. um, we had a lot of work to do. We went to counseling together. We went to a Christian counselor together um, weekly mm-hmm. for a few months. Wow. Um Luckily, me and him are both really big talkers, so we mm, we were very yes, helpful. it is. I mean, <laughs> and I love that about yes. him. We have great conversation. We were we talked through a lot of tough stuff, and um, that's why you're celebrating 11 years. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we talked through a lot of tough stuff, and we really put the yeah. work in. We also decided yes. when we were going to try to save our marriage, we we talked about how important it is that we get our alone time and get those date nights and. Um, yes. for a while we were spending more money on, on babysitting when my parents were gone <laughs> that, than we would have liked to, yep. but we just knew that there was so much rebuilding that needed to happen and, um, That's right. we needed to put that work in and he is always 110% been behind whatever we need to do. Like we both said, mm. whatever we need to do, if that's more counseling, um, if that's, we moved, um, closer to where he's working now just so he didn't have that he he used to commute an hour back and forth every day um he loved his job and loved what he did and he would work long hours and sometimes not make it home till he'd leave at six in the morning and come home at six six thirty at night and um we decided our family needed him home more so we we moved closer to his work to give um a more cohesive dynamic for our family and yeah, um, doing all the yeah, work. I mean, we just not, not, we did yeah, not wish. I just wish, I just wish that this was easier. I just wish that this would work out. No, this is the proof, guys. Like this is it. We agreed as as a married couple, even in the midst of you guys going through all that. Whatever we as a team need to do, and and, and here you guys are repairing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, 
and also I think we had to get to a place where um, it really was all about us. Like you have to not think about the outside um, opinions and world. And um, I think that going through some of this stuff as a married couple, that that's one of the like takeaways that I finally realized, like it does not matter to me what anyone else thinks because they they don't you said they don't see the good stuff they've some of our bad stuff has been very public on social media and um and it was hard and it and it hurt but at the same time they they aren't in my home with me and they don't see the way he tucks our kids in at night or him singing Moana to our daughter in the bathtub being silly. I mean, they don't, they don't see like those, those deep conversations and, and see just all the good. I mean, he's my absolute best friend. And I think that when we decided like we were going to do anything to make it work, I think that both of us were just so happy to have our person back because I mean, after, after 11 years of of the ups and downs and getting to a peaceful place where we have put each other first, it's very rewarding. And it's something I'm really proud of. I mean, it's hard work. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I have so much respect for you, Alicia. Um, How did you, how did you talk to the kids about daddy? I really, I feel like this is probably one of the things I'm the most proud of, of the, of the situation, because I'm not going to say that I made all the right choices and I did all the right things, but I feel like the most important thing for me was that the kids never, ever questioned their daddy's love. Um, they, I explained it to them that daddy is sick right now. Daddy needs, there's a medicine daddy needs to take that he quit taking. And it made him act a little different and he isn't going to be able to come home until he's feeling better. But I always let them know that daddy loves them so much. Um, I think one of the hardest things was when he got sick, it was in October of not last year, but the year before. And um, yes, right before the holidays. And and this really was the hardest part was we have, three October birthdays and then we had Halloween and then we had Thanksgiving and then we had Christmas and New Year's and in all of these holidays and all of these birthdays I had to look at their sweet little faces and I had to tell them that daddy would love to be here daddy would want to be here more than anything and I'm sure he's very sad that he's missing this but he's he's gonna get better and 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 I had yeah. to say that not even knowing 100% if that was true. Absolutely. I had to say that because yeah. I knew they needed to hear it. And yeah. um and if you if you would have been well enough to be able to handle phone conversations and stuff at that time, I I really would have loved that, but sadly he wasn't. So yeah. um I I just really had to when we prayed a lot, we prayed for daddy. Yeah. My daughter will still talk about remember when we prayed for daddy when he was sick and um yeah it really was as hard as it was I feel like me it brought me and the kids closer and it made us really band together as a family and 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 hope and pray that daddy would get better and yeah and thank god he did yeah yes and and really you being the strength for them as we always are for our kids but it's in these tough moments that um 
you know, I just want to bring the light to the way that you handled that and the way that you could have, you know, I hope that you feel that just like you said, it's the area that you are the most proud of. I, I hope that you do just have that full, that your heart is just filled, you know, with pride and love of that you did that and that you handled it that way. Definitely. Because we know, yeah. we know that there are wives that don't. And um, that's not coming from a place of judgment for me. That's coming from a place of, um, you know, of love for those children and, and faith and hope in the situation for things to get better because, you know, that's, there's two ways to look at it, right? Like this is it, our life sucks or let's pray that this is temporary and we're just in survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it definitely was survival mode, but I feel like, um, mm-hmm. the kids being able to go traumatic and, and, but I'll get some yeah. insight into it. There was no way I could have completely sheltered them from all of it. I mean, they're, they were young. I mean, my youngest at the yeah. time was, I don't even think he was two yet, or maybe he was, he was maybe just yeah, up too. Yeah, he was tiny. And, um, yeah. and I think it had a big impact on him. And it's, and my daughter is yeah. total daddy's girl. So it had a very big impact mm-hmm. on her. But I think yeah. being able to get through it and have it not completely ruin our family to, to for them to have that example of really yes. hard things can happen. Yes. And we can band together and we can get through it together. And I, I never wanted yes, them girl. to question um, their daddy's love for them or my love for them or that, that we would care and be there for them no matter what. Their, their comfort yes. and their safety was of the utmost importance to me. And then, and you're teaching them, you're teaching them family and you're teaching them marriage. You're teaching your daughter how to be a wife and, you know, Adam coming home and picking up the pieces and loving you and caring for you in front of them and hearing daddy say, sorry. Oh yeah. Hearing daddy say, I'm sorry, I missed this. You guys are teaching them firsthand that people are going to hurt you and you are going to make mistakes and other people are going to make mistakes, but it's about working through it and um, quote unquote, showing that weakness that really actually reveals your strength and your love. Yeah. And I think even taking it to a, a deeper level is the fact that bipolar disorder is um, they They think that it is very hereditary. I mean, there's a, there's mm-hmm. a chance, which I mean, yeah. I, I would like, to, I obviously hope yeah. and pray that, that none of my children ever fully develop it but there there is a chance and I have to be aware of that and I also want to make sure that they don't grow up with this like fear and and thinking that if they do go through this that they're any less than or they're that they're not worth loving or I mean I just I that their mommy and daddy were able through the hard stuff and that we have yes. an amazing relationship that you, that things like this don't have to define your whole life, that you can still succeed yes. and still make it through and not live yeah. in this fear of not belonging because that would yeah. be just my worst nightmare that I didn't handle things the right way. And then that I would give them right. a reason to, to be sad about who they are or something that they have to potentially deal with in the future yeah and like you said it's just a part of you guys and you have the strength to take it on as a we thing this is a this is an illness that you guys have together 
And a lot of people don't see it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and also when, when you're doing everything right, when you really t- when you are not in denial mode, which a lot of people are, mm-hmm. a lot of women in these support yeah. groups are dealing with men that are still in denial. Yeah. And, um, and that's really the hardest part because the most important thing is that they're willing to accept it, get on their medication, take their, yeah. take their diagnosis seriously, mm-hmm. that they're, are getting the rest they need, are the, the diet, all those kind of things, getting the, the counseling that they need. Yeah. If you are doing everything right, there's still a chance that you can have, have slip ups and, and things that happen, but yeah. it's a lot yeah. less likely and it's a lot easier to live a normal life. I mean, and yeah. that's what, I mean, right now we're, we're in a really good space. And even though things were very traumatic and very hard, just a little over a year ago, with the amount of work that yeah. we put in, I can honestly say we are in a better place now. Our marriage is in a better place. Our family is in a better place. And um, I don't know that I would have believed that was possible if somebody right. would have said that. I mean, I think I said over mm-hmm. and over again, I don't know that we'll be able to come out of this. I don't know that we'll be able yeah. to get through it. It didn't seem possible at some points. Absolutely. And, and I think on a smaller scale, it's like, this is an, this is an extreme situation. Yes, this is, you know, you know, he was hospitalized at times. And, but I think what you really bring to the table here and bring to the surface, I should say, is that there are going to be seasons of things. And what it does is that it makes you appreciate, you know, when, when it's spring, it makes you appreciate when things are blooming. And I think people are just in denial about marriage as a whole. And they're like, no, it should always be spring. And it's like, no, you're going to have a really hard, long winter sometime. And this is an extreme situation of it. But I think what this brings to light is that this is proof, guys. Like, this is a woman who could have, at the first sign of anything, been like, I don't want this for me. No matter how much, you know, you, you know that you love that person. It's like, but this is not supposed to be my life. And it's like, you guys are in this good season and you guys are in this life because you did that work and you believed in him when he didn't believe in himself. And then he probably did the same and believed in you and believed in the marriage when you didn't. And you rotate, you take turns, you know? Oh, yeah. But in a big and, way. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you did this work, you know, and, and for anybody, I know there, there's going to come a chance, even just like we touched on them in the last episode of people saying like, oh, you're, you're so lucky. You know, you have someone that did this or maybe someone would say you're so lucky that he accepted, um, you know, his diagnosis and, and the illness. And it's like, no, it takes a lot of work to get to that place. Yeah, it has. It, it's taken a lot of work, but it's been um, I'm so glad that we were both willing to put the work in yeah. because it really has led to uh, much more fulfillment. Mm. And then I appreciate things so much more. Yes. I mean, one of my mantras and I, and I try to say it every day and I try to say it out loud to the kids and to my husband. I, every day I say, I have a great life. Mm. Like I have, I really do. I have a great life. Yes. I, I don't want for anything. And that, I mean, my children are healthy. My husband right now is doing very well. He's with a new company and we're excited about, about where he's going with his job right now. Um, We're in a new little area of town that we're making new friends and Mm -hmm. my children are making new friends. And um, 
I feel like just getting a change of scenery. We lived in like the same 10 mile radius yeah. for the, most of our lives, both of us. That makes sense. And, and not that we went that far. And yeah. We're still in San Diego, just on the other side of San Diego. We just freshened but it up a little bit, you know, rearranging the house feels good. <laughs> Even that. It did. It felt really good. And yeah. it's such a breath of fresh air. We love our little area that we're in now. The people we're meeting are just wonderful. I love that. And mm-hmm. it just feels right. It just feels like. We did. We had to go through some really hard stuff. Yeah. But coming out on the other side of it, it's it's a breath of fresh air. It, and it's the yeah. beginning of a new life. It, and, it makes that view so much more beautiful. You climbed the biggest freaking mountain. You did that together. Happy for you guys. Leisha, I would love it if you would wrap us up with maybe sharing some concrete things that really helped you through this process, things that you learned maybe the hard way, but that you would love to say, Hey, here's a couple things you can't skip out on. Okay. You got to do. Yeah. I would, I'd love to share that stuff. So definitely, um, the, the last time that he went through his manic episode, it was a huge eye opener to me how difficult it can be to get somebody help. Um, when somebody is not in their right mind and they don't have the ability to make the right decisions for themselves, I would have mm. liked to think you can just call call the cops and let them know what's going on or call the psychiatrist or call. One of the biggest things is you need to be able to talk to, um, if your loved one has, has a mental health issue, you need to be on the paperwork. They need to sign something giving you permission to talk to, the, oh. to them because when wow. they're in the state of mind, they... First of all, anything that they sign, anything that they do, it really isn't legally binding because they aren't in their right mind. So you need to have that taken care of ahead of time so that you can call a therapist or call the psychiatrist and that they have um, the authority to speak openly with you. Um, I also would recommend that depending on where you live, there's something called a PERT team, P-E-R-T, which is a psychological evaluation response team. And they are supposed to be trained to deal with these types of situations. Some wow. are, are better than others. They still have very limited um, ability to, to make these big decisions. A lot of times it kind of works in hand yeah. with like the PERT team will need to talk to a psychologist. and, and mm-hmm. um, But then they also need permission. The, the sheriff's department in okay. our town had the final call to make which made it okay. difficult because even though yeah. his psychiatrist was saying, please take him to mm-hmm. the hospital, he needs to go. The sheriff's yeah. office is saying, well, it's our final decision and we don't think we want to take him right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important to have them. You can also go on the PERT website and they have a, a paper that you can fill out that if, if your loved one, if you know that there's a chance they could be in a situation where they're not going to be able to make decisions for themselves, but they mm-hmm. want a say in what happens to them if they do get taken to a hospital, that mm-hmm. you can have them fill out exactly what they would want, what they're okay with, what medications they would want, what hospital they would like to be taken to. Um, okay. You can get all of that done ahead of time. Um, wow, which is very helpful. And we've also done a mental health power of attorney, which obviously that needs to be something that's agreed upon by the person that has the illness. Yeah. And that needs to be somebody that you trust completely because I would have the authority to say, 
my husband is not well, he needs to go to the hospital and he has signed this ahead of time. So obviously it has to be something that's talked through and everybody agrees upon. Um, Another few quick things that I'll just throw in there is if you're dealing with something this severe, I also Mm -hmm. would recommend having a separate savings account um, Mm. to not financially find yourself in ruin. We've had that for many years now and it did help us from, I mean, to help me through being able to pay some of the bills and um, it's just huge because when someone is in in that mindset, they can literally blow through thousands and thousands of dollars in a very short period of time. Um, And then also just really getting in for some therapy together and um, individually is really important. And then those online support groups, there's a support group yeah. for everything. And I highly recommend <laughs> if there's <laughs> anything with your, that you're struggling with, I mean, literally yes. anything group and it will change your life because it, it is so nice to hear that other people are dealing with the same things that you are. I mean, it, it's just helped me yeah. immensely. And um, I think that's. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's, everything I had written down, just those things I wanted to throw in there at the last minute, just to make sure that um, if anybody is dealing with anything similar, um, that those are some things that I think were a big help for me that I've learned. And Leisha, are you comfortable? This is a question that should have been asked ahead of time, but this is this is the definition of this podcast. Are you comfortable with me, you know, telling people that they're listening, if they're going through this, and they're new to this, that they can reach out? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, through a lot of these ups and downs that I've had with my husband, that was one of the things I used to tell him all the time. Do you know anybody Mm. that that is married that that is going through this? Because he'd go to to support groups and counseling and I'd say, I need to talk to somebody. I just, I need to talk to somebody that's been through this. Yeah. What about in my shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Like how, how did they do it? Like how did they possibly do it? yeah. I'm, I I couldn't find anybody. I mean, until and I think that was even before I got up to the online support people that yeah. that have made it through these things. And, and so definitely, it, definitely, it, if it, it can really, it can really be uh, game changer is not even the right word. It can really be a lifesaver to have a community, period. And um, Leisha, I just want to tell you, you are the proof of I believe in my soul that somebody's story can be somebody else's survival guide. And I just want to say thank you with all my heart and for all the other people that will listen. And um, I know the gratitude messages will be coming in. So thank you so very much from me and from all of them. And there are so many things that I know people will be able to write down, apply and use to help them get through their situation as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you just um, caring enough to give me this platform to get some of this stuff out there. And um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. We will talk soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.